It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. When God puts a dream in your heart and you take one step of faith at a time, when you go as far ahead as you can see, when God gives you light for the next step and you take that step day after day, month after month, year after year, God will use you to bless not just your family or your neighborhood, but also the nations. That's what's so exciting about following Jesus. And that's Dominic Carolla's story. God gave a dream to Dominic as a boy to be a filmmaker. He took the steps of faith over the years, ended up working with Disney, got a ton of experience, now works with the Jesus film, and get this, he's the director of the newest creation of the Jesus film project, the animated story of Jesus, which comes out Christmas of 2025 and will reach billions, that's with a B, billions with the gospel. This guy has a hand in what God's going to do through the animated Jesus film because he took one step of faith at a time. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. So that God dream of yours, keep taking steps of faith. God will make you a blessing to the world. Where did your dream of becoming a filmmaker come from? Tell me that story. Sure. Well, first, let me say I'm really, really glad to be here, Perry, and to be able to to spend some time with you and and share this remarkable project with everyone. I've been drawing my whole life. I always enjoyed visual storytelling. And like most kids, uh, you know, I'd I'd make little comic strips and things of that nature, but I just fell in love with it. And even when, you know, there was large films that came out that affected me, like they affect many other people, uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones and, and these other films, they really moved me as a kid. It's like, wow, the power of this medium. And I didn't fully understand the grasp of what you can do with with visual storytelling. And I think it just grabbed a hold of me. I did start doing some comic book work. And I'm thinking that maybe a good way to try and get into filmmaking is because I like to draw. I knew that there was storyboards that films needed. And comic books were very much like a it's a comic strip of a whole story. And even the way we put films together now, that's basically what storyboarding is. So I kind of focused in that area. I didn't really know where where God was taking me, but I just kept studying my craft and trying to be the best I could at drawing. And my dad, uh, who uh, worked in NBC for many, many, many years, they were right next door to DC Comics. And like, awesome dads do. He takes my portfolio without me knowing, and he takes it to the most important person at any company. And you get friendly and have a conversation with the receptionist. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and Miss Ruthie Thomas, I'll never forget it. She was like, well, let me see what I can do. And, and she winds up bringing it to the top guy who is Dick Giordano, the editor-in-chief of DC Comics. And I'm a, yeah, I'm a teenage kid. And next thing I knew, I was very, very fortunate, and I came in, and I was an apprentice there on my weekends. And I lived out on Long Island, so I would have to commute into the city. But I was so excited about it. So I went off to college initially. I was doing some architectural work because I still couldn't figure out how do you get into animation. And I'd, I'd run into somebody, and I wish I could remember the fellow's name, but he said, oh, he goes, well, if you want to get into filmmaking, and you love to draw, and you love animation... There's a school that Walt Disney started 
called California Institute of the Arts. And I was like, really? So I did all my research and I sent some artwork over there. I'd never thought about how difficult it may have been to get in. I really didn't. And I think it was obviously the grace of God that I got accepted. And, you know, when you grow up on Long Island, many times people people don't leave Long Island. So when I said to my parents, I'm going to go to California, I, I could have said I was going to Mars. So I went out to California and made some amazing friendships and relationships. We had incredible instructors because the instructors at CalArts at that time, they were all working in the industry. So our classes would be in the evenings, which was very unusual. And, you know, you'd have people like Chris Buck and Brad Bird come in and Glenn Keane come in. And, and these are all the guys that were literally doing what you what you were dreaming you could do. And they would come into the school at night and teach and, and give the lectures. So I was trying to absorb as much as I could because I, I knew there was, man, this is a really special place. And many of those folks that I went to school with are very well-known directors out there right now and, and phenomenal artists. And uh, it was a, an amazing little team. And then Disney recruited me from CalArts and they wanted me to help out on, they had two films going at the time. One of them was a film about lions. It didn't have the name yet which was The Lion King, didn't. And it wasn't their primary film. Their primary film was another film at the time. And they were starting a studio in Orlando, Florida. And they said, well, you can go over to Orlando for training, and then you can come back to Burbank. So I went over to Orlando for training on this film, The Lion King, it turned out to be. And I just, I fell in love with the people. And I went from that film to the next film, Pocahontas, and then Punchback and, and Mulan. And, and I kept on getting promoted. And I was really enjoying the lifestyle I was having in Florida. So I never went back to California. And I wound up spending a bunch of years at the Disney studio, Lilo and Stitch, Brother Bear, other films. And then there was a window when the studio in Orlando was consolidating back to Burbank. So it was a difficult time for a lot of people. And my wife and I had been talking for a while. I had an unusual carve out in my in my contract with Disney that allowed me freedom to work on other animated content as long as it wasn't anything that would rival them. So the only thing I could do was commercials. And I really enjoyed this because it allowed me to expand my style of animation. So I was doing this on the weekends. And when the studio was consulting back to Burbank, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I feel like there's a moment here where uh, I was given an opportunity to go to California and work with the Disney Toon Studio with a fellow, Brian Sinetic, I think his name was, he he was talking with me about joining them. And I remember the phone call I made to him because I had been talking to my wife about what if we did something really crazy and we launched our own independent animation studio? What what, what could that look like? Is that is that feasible? You know, I had two little kids. It was kind of crazy, actually. And I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> But we did that. We mortgaged the house along with some colleagues. And I remember calling the Disney executive at that time. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to try this route. I feel like this is one of those moments that only comes by once. And, and the industry is always going to be there, but this moment may not be there again. So we did that. And our very first clients were Disney. And we continued to work with them <laughs> on an independent studio basis. We hired a bunch of our colleagues. And a dear friend of mine who I worked with at Disney for many, many years Barry Cook, he's also the screenwriter on this project. He came into the studio in 2005 and he introduced me to the Jesus Film folks. And that was the beginning of, of this journey. From the creators of the Jesus Film, 
the most widely watched film in history, comes the animated story of Jesus. The animated story of Jesus will be truer to the place and time of Jesus' earthly life than anything possible with a live-action film. The production team is working closely with archaeologists and theologians to create first-century Israel using the latest immersive 3D modeling technology. And God has brought together a team of stellar animators and award-winning storytellers whose credits include Pixar, Disney, and Star Wars. And joining us is Dominic Carolla, the director of the animated story of Jesus. Dominic's worked on animated films such as Mulan, Pocahontas, The Lion King, and Lilo and Stitch. The new animated story of Jesus. I'm really excited about this. It's coming out, is it Christmas 2025? Christmas 2025. Yeah, so it is really exciting. And anybody that is familiar with the Jesus Film folks, they've built a phenomenal organization. The Jesus Film, which came out in the late 70s, uh, actually Warner Brothers released it back then. To this day, it, it is, it's a historic film on so many levels, but it's the most viewed film in the world, hands down. No, you know, no Spielberg movie, no Lucas, George Lucas film can even come close to the amount of people that the Jesus film has been seen by. It is the most translated film in the world. I think it's over 2,100 languages and growing. It's still growing. You know, and this is, we're talking about a 43-year-old film, 45-year-old film. So there's tremendous power in that content. And of course, that content is wrapped up with the Word of God, primarily built on the book of Luke. And it was done really, really well for its time because the content is so true. So over the years, since 2005 to to now, even though we'd be working with other clients and things of that nature, Jesus Film was exploring animation. And there's a wonderful producer there, Irv Klaishis, who I've known for, for many, many years. And as Jesus Film leans into heart languages, because that's their bread and butter, where it's like, you know, they've got hundreds and hundreds of global partners but you can watch the Jesus film in what what we would call a heart language in, in people groups that might be down to a thousand. That's unheard of. To watch a film in your language, it may be the only film you'll ever see in your language. So they did that across the globe and they continue to do that. So can we leverage all those wonderful translations with animation? Why animation? Animation, North America is becoming more familiar with it over the last 25 years, but much of the world, especially Europe and Asia, you could tell some very powerful stories in the medium of animation. Animation in many ways, I think, transcends culture. Uh, I said this yesterday to somebody, you know, you can go to a kid in Michigan or a kid in Manhattan or a kid in Madagascar. They will resonate with animation. In a way, it's, it's a heart language for younger audiences. The other thing about why are we exploring this in animation? We can design a world and characters that are real, historical, but give them a level of art and appeal and stylization. But also, none of these actors are going to get you in trouble. They only live in this movie. And that's a very, very powerful outlet for animation. When you see these, this is the character for that movie. You know, when people see Frozen, they know, oh, that's the character from Frozen. They know where they live and that character can't, you're not going to see them in TMZ or something like that, getting you into trouble. So this is not a remake of the Jesus film. I want to make that clear. This is a different product. Is it utilizing the same scripture? Absolutely. But the visual translation is going to be very, very different because we have the ability to literally rebuild Jerusalem. 
we have the ability to go down the full Via Della Rosa as it existed in the first century. You know, we're working with wonderful uh, archaeologists and theologians and Dr. Lane Rittmeyer, who's who's our premier researcher on the film. Just phenomenal amounts of, of data. This is the greatest Bible study anybody could ever ask to be in. Quite frankly, it's overwhelming. And many on the team, you know, we've almost become a bit geeks about it. It's like, well, is that the rock that they would use in Magdala? Because it's basalt in Capernaum. And, you know, we've got Jerusalem stone, but make sure it's the Herod version, which has the embossed. Like, it's crazy, but it's crazy cool. Mm-hmm. So how can we take all that real information we still need to make it cool. So we're going to take that, and then we're adding a level of beauty through the translation of animation on top of that. This is a tool that God is going to use in extraordinary ways. And there's a really cool app that the animated story of Jesus has, and you can follow like updates on where they're at in production and what things to pray for. I just downloaded it myself yesterday. Just go to your app store and download the ASJ Insider. It's just called ASJ Insider, and you can be a part of what God is going to do through this film as you pray. This is going to be an extraordinary visual experience. Yeah, talk about what people are going to see because you're using amazingly gifted people. Talk about what people are going to see with with the animated story of Jesus and the team creating this. Let me first talk about the team, because I gush on this team all the time. And only God could could put a team like this together. You know, I've been in the business for 30 years, and and we've worked on a lot of films, you know, the films I worked on at Disney, but even the films I've worked on outside of Disney through my own company, whether it's with DreamWorks or Universal or, or Disney. And I'm used to working with, you know, some really, really wonderful people. But when you start working with some of the independent content, it gets a little bit more challenging because people are like, oh, that's that's an independent film or what have you. So that was one of the first things three years ago at the height of COVID when we started this. Ray Aguerrevere, our producer, and myself, we got together. We said, man, one of the hardest things is the fact that we're talking about making an animated feature film and the greatest story ever told. It's a gigantic movie. The scope and scale is tremendous, but it also has these beautiful, intimate moments. And animation is a very, very hot industry. Rates are high. It's a very laborious, and it takes a long time to to make animated films. And literally, it's just like, you know, <laughs> we're going to need one of the greatest HR people or heavenly resources we could. And, and literally, I kid you not, God has brought unbelievable people to us from uh, Netflix, Pixar, ILM, DreamWorks, Epic, all these tremendous studios. And the beauty is, I think that catching the vision, there's never been a film produced on the life of Jesus, an animated feature film, at this level of quality that we're pushing for. One that is also aiming for historical accuracy as much as possible. But it's not a comedy. Will we have lighthearted moments? You know, the film is geared towards younger families. Absolutely. We have a very difficult act three. There's no getting around that. But it's, it's a film of great substance. And I think everybody's feeling that. It is pouring out of the content because the Word of God is in the script. And Barry Cook has done a phenomenal job working through the script materials because we don't have two and a half hours or, you know, the Jesus film was a much longer film. We've got less than 90 minutes. So we got to be really targeted. We're covering from before Jesus, Jesus' life, and then, of course, that really difficult week in his life. 
That's a lot to get through. So, so the team is amazing. We're pushing some areas of technology because we have to, because people will say, well, how can you make a film so big? You know, some of the recent Disney films, they're $200 million movies. And even they, I don't think would attempt the cast that we have. We have a cast of a lot of people, probably the most ever in any animated film. We've got first century cloth and grooms, which is hair. It's a very difficult thing in animation. Like, well, how can you do that? We're trying to be really smart about it. We're trying to be really efficient about it. And, and the wonderful supervisors that we brought to the show, there's things that they've always wanted to implement at the large studios. And I come out of a large studio system. I know it's difficult sometimes. Sometimes implementing a new idea could be disruptive when you have a thousand person studio. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It's just that this is the way we make movies and it works. So we're trying some new technology that is very, very exciting. We don't want to be bleeding edge, but we're definitely cutting edge. Then when we start talking about what are we going to see? What's it going to look like? When COVID was going on, my living room became the story room and Barry Cook came over and Irv, one of the producers, and Ray, one of the producers came over. And I said, you know, there's so many amazing CG animated films out there. Many, many of them are friends of mine and colleagues of mine, and they have much larger budgets than us. And, they, and they're really, really pushing I said, we need to punch above our weight, but we need to design into our parameters. So we have what I would consider, you know, the most beautiful story content, content that literally can change, change lives, which is quite unique. And that's why, you know, it's hard to even say it's a movie because it's, it's something else. So there's some illustrators from the early 1900s that I love. Dean Cornwell is one of them. It's called the Golden Age of Illustrators. And, and I remember over 30 years ago, I was up in Maine, and I picked up a couple of really old books, art books from 1920. He had gone through Israel and did these paintings, and beautiful, beautiful paintings. I've had the privilege to be in Israel twice. And it's the colors there are really beautiful. I don't know if people realize it. A lot of people just think, oh, that's the Middle East. It's a desert. No. It is vibrant. It has colors in the shadows. It's gorgeous. So I said, can we capture some of that beauty that Dean Cornwell and other Golden Age illustrators have in, in classical paintings? And we're not making a moving painting, but we want to take some of those wonderful ingredients of graphical light, a chiseling of, of a face with planes of color. Can we bring all that to bear? Because we have such content that is very reverent. So we have to find something that can meet the beauty. And one of the things I share a lot is that, you know, there's one thing I think everybody can agree on, no matter where you come from. Beauty and art is timeless. It's timeless. So let's lean into something. Some people may say, my goodness, you go into some vintage influences. Yeah, because you know what? They're fresh. Young people don't know this. This is something that, you know, uh, you have to go to a museum to see. It's like, wow. You know, you, you stop. You're like, this is a very powerful image. Well, it's powerful because of the composition. It's powerful because of the color palette. It's powerful because of the direction of light and telling you where to look in that frame. So we're trying to mine all that, take all of our decades of animation experience and visual storytelling, bring it together for something that's very unique, very different. It will be an experience. I will say that. I mean, we've we've seen it in in storyboard form. And it's tough because like, you know, we're in the trenches for years working on the story and you kind of take things for granted. But then, you know, we'll do a test screening and it's just in storyboard form, just in comic strip form. And people are very moved by it. So again, we can, we're leaning into God. He's my co-director. And uh, we're just trying to make the right steps and do the very best product we can with the parameters we have. We really have, I would say, a phenomenal global team because it's not just the artistry. It's also the people that are on the ground 
that are going to share this with, you know, 7 billion people. It's a big deal. Sounds like you're going after this classic yet modern vibe. Yes. That will just really grab your heart, pull people in. And I can see that fitting really well with telling a first century story. There's got to be some classic, but there's also got to be some modern. And so I think it's going to be something really unique to animated film when it comes out. Absolutely. Just dream a bit. Do some God dreaming. What can you see God doing through this film in the next two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? That's a tough one, Perry, because I've seen some things of what he's already done with people in this film. I've already seen how this film is changing people that are working on the film, and we're just working on the film. You're putting the pieces together. This is not a film that's about, this is a really big change for a lot of my colleagues when I talk to them about this. You know, when we work for the large studios, the ROI is all about the money. This has nothing to do with money. This is a whole different mindset. The ROI on this is how many people can we share this film with? Because that's what Crew specializes in. That's what Jesus Film specializes in. They've got the data to back this. This film will be in front of 6 billion people within three years. Wow. It's unheard of. It's daunting. I Actually, I try not to think about it because I'm just like, Lord, Lord, keep me just, let me just do my work. There was a, a character designer, really, really strong Christian character designer. He's, he's very well known in the industry. And he was one of the first people I called. And I said, you know, would you, would you like to join the film? He said, Dom, it's too daunting. He's like, it's too daunting. I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. And, and it's literally, it's like, if you think about it, like, I don't want to think about God's doing what he's going to do. My heart is that the ROI is get this in front of as many people as possible, however you can. And that and that's that's where Jesus films at. So yeah, will it be in theaters? Absolutely. Will it be on, on the streamers? Absolutely. But it's got a much bigger purpose than that. Are you taking the text from Luke? It's primarily based on the book of Luke, but it also has some other gospel content in there from John. And it's okay. not it's not just the book of Luke. Because the Jesus film is a docudrama. It's got narration. We don't have any narrator. We're really trying to push this for a very narrative cinematic experience. Because again, we're not making this film for the church. The church may love, hopefully they will love the film. I would imagine they would love the film. But it's not really for them. It's for introducing people to Jesus. It's for introducing who is this guy? What did he do? How did we get here? What what did we screw up? Why did he have to come? That's what this film's really about. Yeah. Are you going to take any cues from The Chosen and do some character development and that kind of thing? Well, The Chosen has the luxury that we will never have. And that's seven years and I don't know how many, 90 episodes. So they can spend two hours on Blind Bartimaeus. You know, we've got two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got to be creative about that. But certainly, uh, I was an early adopter of that show. I was an early adopter of, of that service. I love that show. I think they've done a wonderful job. The really nice thing that the show has done that is is very helpful for all of us is that people are familiar with also the ethnicity. That's one of the things that we're pushing for in the show, too, where, you know, we've got, like I said, we've got researchers on the show. We've got theologians and, and archaeologists. 
we're representing people groups that were moving through Jerusalem at that time. And, and I'm desperately trying to hold on to all of these details and they get expensive. But, you know, there's eight people groups that still exist today, 2000 years later, that crew still works with. Wouldn't it be cool if they could see some of their ancestry folks along the streets of Jerusalem? They were there. And how can they, how can I identify them? You know, it's through features, it's through, it's through skin color, but it's really through, oh, that's, that's what a Sogdian would have wore. Well, that's what a Nubian wore. And, you know, it may be for zero, zero, zero point one percent of the audience, but I think it's cool. When will the film be finished and I get a chance to pre-screen it? <laughs> that's a great question. Matter of fact, you know, feel free to even reach out because one of the things I've been talking with the team about is some of the early test screenings because, you know, here again, we went through a very exhausting process, even in the design of Jesus. There's one thing that we know, you know, even though we did this deep dive culturally since the beginning of time, I think the very first drawing of Jesus was from 75 AD. It's actually a piece of graffiti, Roman graffiti. But all these people groups from the 400s, the 600s, the 200s, and 14, and you'll see that he's, he's been contextualized, whether it was Asia or Ethiopia or India. He's been contextualized. So we're leaning into, obviously, you know, he's Middle Eastern, he's of Jewish descent. So one of the things that we've done through that process is have some really early test screenings and reviews with people that are directly from the region. So then now we're moving towards, okay, well, the story is, the story's locked. It's up on reels. We're starting to make the film. Pray for us. We've got a, we've got a Mount Hermon size task to get this film done by Christmas of 2025. But I've asked the team, I think, you know, we need to start looking at, okay, let's expand those test screenings. So reach out and get on the list and and hopefully we can get you into a test screening. And if folks want to learn more about the film or or even potentially get involved, I think it's asj.jesusfilm.org. That's like the direct line of finding out what's going on. It's asj.jesusfilm.org. There's also an insider app that's going to get heavily populated with some incredible behind-the-scenes stuff. So I, wow. I, I highly recommend that as well. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real-life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.